Hey, good morning and welcome to Generation Education with Greg Vito and Luke Heater. Here we go with today's podcast. We're going to focus primarily on classroom management uh, because this is such an important part of the classroom. So every year you get a new group of students. All the students are in grade level. All the students love school. They love reading and they all have a large intrinsic value for learning and education and all their parents love school too. All your students already know the expectations in the classroom. And Mr. Vito has jokes this morning. That's right. Because if you've ever taught in school, you realize that's not the case. You have a group of students who are well below grade level with a handful of students who are gifted. Not to mention you have students coming to school who didn't get their basic needs met. Things like breakfast, basic sleep. They don't even know where their parents were last night or anything that's possible for a human being to go through. And a lot of the stuff we're going to go through today, guys... For classroom management purposes, it's kind of all over the place. These are things that have worked in our room. It's not necessarily going to work 100% of the time, but just basically trying different things is the idea with this. Exactly. So let's just start with the most basic thing. How are you going to start your day? Mr. Heater, you are wonderful with classroom management. How do you start your day? I do a lot of the things that Central Office has been pushing for, so just the greeting at the door making sure that whenever kids are coming in, like just communicating with them right off the bat. A lot of the kids, whenever they come in, get fist bumps from me. A few of the kids come by and ask for hugs. So like whatever you were comfortable with is really all I would encourage. Um, obviously, whenever we're going through and doing a warm-up, I try and do a, uh, try and make a point of going around and talking to the kids, especially the ones that I know have been going through some stuff recently. I try and check in with them. And then in my room, especially, we don't do a whole lot of like teacher-led discussions and things like that. We do a lot of small group things. So while the kids are working, I try and make a point of going around and kind of talk with them and reiterating points as we go around with that as well. Those morning check-ins are so important because that's, that's the authentic relationship building that is key to classroom management. Um, more so than I think just about anything you have to have that authentic relationship building. And, and kind of going with that point, like I'll be the first to admit with you that, you know, you're not going to be 100% perfect all of the time. Just kind of that the effort is there and that you are trying to do that as often as you can. Like I get other things come up, things come up in my room. Like I don't do it every day, but just making sure you have the effort there and you're trying to make those relationships. Exactly. So something uh, that I did as a teacher and something that I do as an administrator here is I always check myself. Um, it's as simple as this. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. We've had bad mornings. We've all had bad days. We all have personal lives, you know, things going on. But you have to put that smile on your face. I mean, you even if it seems kind of fake today, You've got to put the smile on. Students have to see that you're trying, that you're having, that you're at least trying to have a good day and that you're being the model for just being the good person in the classroom. And then I get there's a big push for all of the SOLs and things like that you got to hit on, but I'm going to hit another one of those little stereotypical quotes you hear all the time that kids don't really know, care how much you know until they know how much you care. So if you don't build those relationships first, none of the other stuff's really going to matter for you. Exactly. So I'm going to dive a little bit into the elementary uh, school aspect of this, since that's where my background is. And Mr. Heater uh, dove into the more middle school and high school background of this. So what I did um, as a third grade teacher is I started every single day with a handshake. Students got that routine. They knew that, you know, it was a brand new day. Um, and no matter what happened the day before, whatever they're coming from, you know, we're going to start with a handshake. I'm going to say good morning to you. 
to some extent. I'll find you in the classroom if you just kind of slip past me and we're going to start with something. Um, beyond that, I, I did use a color chart in elementary school. You are kind of spoiled because you get to use a color chart <laughs> and it really works. Um, so every day students would start on green and they could go up all the way to pink or they could fall all the way to red, kind of depending on, you know, their behaviors for that day. With that, um, it, it works so much more than just, you know, hey, I'm being punished for being bad or I'm getting a, a reward for being good. It kind of did work as that data piece for me to know like, hey, we're having multiple days in a row that something was going on. I need to dive more into this. Or, you know, things have been going really well. You know, maybe I need to reach out to parents and say, hey, I, you know, this girl was on, your girl was on green today and then she was on pink for three days after that. Um, great job. I appreciate everything you're doing at home. And, and that's another piece is just reaching out to parents to let them know, hey, what is your kid doing in the classroom? Being completely transparent. So kind of following along with this general trend as well. Uh, what did you, what were some of the things you kind of did to start off the year in your classes? All right. So as far as starting off the year goes, um, I, I practiced routines. I mean, we practiced routines and we, you know, I got a, I got an old phrase from one of my football coaches, uh, back in my day. Um, you have to lose ground to gain ground. You're going to lose some instructional time to teach routines and to teach your expectations, especially with elementary kiddos. And that's okay because that initial couple of days lost for instruction is going to set you up for a well-maintained year where your classroom works like a well-oiled machine. And I think kind of piggybacking on that point right there, one of the things that a lot of teachers I think forget about as the year goes on, like myself included, is maintaining those boundaries and maintaining the expectations Sometimes kids forget, like we're, we're all human and sometimes there's some reteaching that needs to be done. So if kids aren't doing what they're supposed to on certain things. Like it's okay to stop and go over the expectations again, because it's been a while since maybe you did, have done this type of thing or things have changed or some things are going on with some kids' home lives and things like that. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I think both of us, uh, Mr. Heater and myself, we run some pretty independent run classrooms where students have that freedom to do things. I, I know Mr. Heater runs labs in his classroom and in my classroom, uh, we did this thing called daily five, which if you're an elementary teacher, you're pretty well aware of these independent centers that they're doing. Um, and you need to take that time to practice. What are you going to do when something happens? What are you going to do if, you know, there's a safety concern in Mr. Heater's classroom, or what are you going to do when you're completely alone and you maybe finished your task? Um, in those daily five centers. So just practice, 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 um, get your routines in place and get your students on board with what you're doing to the point that they're excited to go do whatever you've trained them to do independently. And I think that's a really important part. And one of the things that I kind of do a lot of my class too is uh, some of you have probably seen these posters going around, but 10 things that you can do that require zero talent. So this could be things like your work ethic, being on time, like body language, energy, attitude, things like that. Especially in the middle school, a lot of these kids are going through a lot of changes. So we kind of go through and frame it in like their frame, not mine for them, of what is going to be expected from when they, when they get to high school, what's going to be expected when they go to the workforce, and kind of having those authentic conversations with them of what are other people looking for for them as they're starting to transition into adulthood for us.
Exactly. Uh, and, and just kind of going off of that, Mr. Heater, uh, let's talk a little bit about that growth mindset and just modeling some examples. Um, I know when I was teaching math in my classroom, um, you know, I, I modeled what it's like to make those mistakes because they're going to have those setbacks. Um, and, you know, they're going to have those times where they make mistakes. They don't get the problem. They don't get it initially. And uh, I, I would teach my students a, a little phrase that I got from a, a book I read called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's a very simple phrase. It's called don't panic. Mm -hmm. So don't panic when you make those mistakes. It's time to just learn from the mistakes. So I'd be doing a question on the board, maybe a math problem that took a large process, you know, like um, triple digit addition, quadruple digit addition. And I would start to make some mistakes. And then all of a sudden, students would start saying, Mr. Vito, that, that's not right. I would then reiterate, well, I'm the teacher. I can't be wrong. I have to be right. Whatever I do is right, right? And they would argue, no, that's not right. And I said, well, are you telling me I'm wrong? And then I would start to panic and they would calm me back down and we'd move on. And we would just have that model of, you know, what it's like to make mistakes and the fact that you should not panic. And, and I think that's a great point going on, especially for a lot of the math teachers around here of managing the frustration levels, mm -hmm. like giving kids problems. Like they can start off that kind of eases them into things. Mm -hmm that they're not going to be panicking right out of the gates because something is unfamiliar. So try and tying things in with previous knowledge that they already know, doing things that they kind of understand already, and then building upon those foundational skills so that you don't get the freak out moment, essentially. Exactly. So, so that's great that we're modeling, that we're building those relationships, that we're doing all these things, you know, that hard effort. But there are some things that are non-negotiable. I mean, as teachers, as admin, as anybody that works with students, there are times where consequences or some level of discipline comes into place. So, Mr. Heater, what are some of your non-negotiables in your classroom? I mean, my big three that I have, I have respect, honesty, and your effort. Like, if you're giving me those three things, like, we typically don't have a problem. Uh, I am one of the teachers that, like, I don't like sending people out of my room to ISS and choices and having admin coming and dealing with kids. Like, I try and handle most of my stuff in my, in my room as far as I can. So just kind of reiterating how we're tying into those three big ideas and making sure like we are being respectful to me, making sure, you know, we have a classroom environment where we can trust each other and we can kind of bounce ideas off each other and that we are consistently giving that effort is kind of the big things in my room. I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, the effort, I think, is one of the hardest things to teach students, especially at that middle school level, because they start to feel that, you know, rebellious, you know, phase of their lives. And if you build that trust, if you build that relationship, they're going to understand that if you find this important, that they should find this important. So those are great non-negotiables. Um, for me as an administrator, I, I want that respect. I want the honesty and I want the effort. But I think my biggest non-negotiable has to do with student safety. If there is a time where a student is putting another student in harm's way, if there's some form of a threat, that's when I am going to take a pretty hard action as an administrator because it boils down to me, it boils down to my principal and my assistant principal um, that we need to look out for all 620 of our students' safety at every point in time. So, you know, we, we can't have anything that really breaks that apart. And just kind of tying in with that too, like that, that's got sort of the one time that like I will get admin involved or like we will handle something outside the classes mm -hmm. whenever it becomes a safety issue. 
So pretty much everything else I do in-house, but if it's a safety thing, like that's whenever you're calling the admin and like you're making sure that like all the kids are safe and able to continue learning and things like that. Yeah. And I know safety is a huge thing in your room, even when you're uh, setting a desk on fire, <laughs> Mr. Heater. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit of uh, educating rather than disciplining. Um, all right. So I, I feel it's important, you know, it's our job to teach these students what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. Our first go-to should not be get out of this room, you're done, I've had it with you, I'm not understanding what you're going through. So let's talk about some expectations versus rules and just teaching students. Like the big thing that I hit on is like we don't really necessarily have rules in my class because if you've ever met a middle school kid or pretty much most boys, the best game to play in the world is trying to figure out a loophole around to break those rules. Mm -hmm. So we kind of go through and frame it as expectations and things we shouldn't be should, should and shouldn't be doing. So we go through and do a lot of examples and non-examples. And again, we tie it in with like what they're going to expect whenever they go to the high school, since I deal with eighth graders primarily. And kind of also because we're getting to that age where they're starting to talk about careers of how is this going to play off in the workforce? So just like simple things like being on time and things like that, like, we go through and tie that in, like, what's going to happen whenever you go into work with these things? So we go through and we have those conversations. And, like, my biggest thing is a lot of these kids, like, they're just trying to get out of work. So a lot of times it'll be, uh, please send me down to Choices and ISS just to get you out of the room. So we kind of play the opposite game now where, like, I have a few kids where, like, if they do their work and get things knocked out, like, then the reward is, like, they can go down to Choices for a few minutes to kind of hang out and relax and kind of give the brain a little bit of a break or go for a walk whenever they need a little bit of a break around the circle and things like that. So we kind of have flipped it a little bit in my room just so they aren't getting the reward without the work part. Yeah. Mr. Reader, I love the fact that you read your students and you read what their needs are. Um, as an administrator, uh, every time I have a student in my office, I, I try to read them a little bit, you know, rather than just diving directly into what did you do? You know, let's let's talk to your parent right now. Now, I, I want to say, hey, did you did you get breakfast this morning? Do you need more breakfast this morning? So I always keep some animal crackers in my uh, desk drawer in case a student needs a little bit of extra, you know, sugar for the brain. Um, I, I ask students, you know, did you get your basic needs met? Not not like that, but you know, did you get sleep last night? And I think that's so important to just get your students read and kind of figure out what are their basic needs so you can get them back into the classroom and learning. And, and some days, you know, you're, you're going to have those kids that are just having an off day. And, you know, it's okay every once in a while, as long as it's not every single day of the week, that, like, just kind of take it a little easier on that day. Like, don't poke the bear. You don't need to rile someone up just because they're having a bad day. So sometimes it's better for you and the student just to kind of take that day off for a little bit mm -hmm. or kind of lay low a little bit that day and then try and get caught up and get all those things tied together the following day. Yeah. Sometimes we just have to recognize that it's important that they're just here and that's the best place for some of them to be. And that that's that's a great point, Mr. Eater. You know, don't poke the bear. Um, so just kind of diving back into the expectations versus roles. I, I mean, it, if you tell students your roles, I am opposed to roles because roles tell you you can't do that. No running in the hallway. No doing this. Well, actually, you can do those things. But you have to tell students that you expect them, you know, to walk in the hallways or to do these certain things. Um, if I tell you, I, I feel as though rules almost kind of give you some ideas for things that you can do. If I say, hey, no fighting in the restroom or 
no uh, kissing under the stairs. Well, I just kind of gave the students a hint of what are really difficult places to monitor <laughs> and where we don't have cameras. <laughs> so I think it's important that we just really explain those expectations and not only explain them, but we have to teach them. When I was in elementary school and um, we created our list of expectations together in our morning meeting, um, one of the first uh, day or two of school, um, you know, we went over these expectations and one of the first things that students will always say is, hey, what, what, what should be our first classroom expectation? Be nice or be respectful. Well, those words sound really great, but it doesn't, doesn't mean much if they don't know what it looks like. Anybody can say be nice, but right then and there, you need to have a, a, a mini lesson in your brain ready for what does being nice look like or what does being respectful to a teacher, being respectful to a student look like. You know, come up with a scenario and talk about how they're going to respond to these scenarios. So I think we hit on some really great stuff, Mr. Heater. Yeah. All right. So let's say that you have a group of students that can uh, – that have vastly bit different backgrounds and abilities. Uh, what does all this boil down to? So creating relationships, being tough, caring, uh, using a guiding hand, setting expectations, practicing and modeling. So let students know you care, respect and honesty, and uh, the effort you need is your absolute foundation for your expectations. Fantastic. All right, until next time, this has been Classroom Management with Generation Education, Mr. Heater and Mr. Vito. We'll see you next time.